0: Welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and I am so pleased to be joined by two guests today. We have Emily G, the Associate Director of Marketing for Arrow Farms, and her dad, Don, who is a produce manager for many, many years, uh, many of those years at Ralph's, now part of the Kroger family. And Emily and I actually had the pleasure of meeting earlier this year at Brandstorm. And when she started talking about her dad, it clicked for us pretty quickly that it would be just the coolest conversation to have both of them together talk about their experiences in the produce industry. So thank you guys both so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We're excited.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So Don, we'll start with you. Tell me, how did you get started in this wonderful world of produce?
1: Well, originally, I started in the grocery business. Um, I was going to high school, wanted a job, and fortunately, had a friend that suggested to go to this market. So it's an independent market, and uh, I was working part-time, and of course, independent markets, you have to do everything, (laughs) okay? It's not (laughs) one thing. I mean, it's just everything, including unloading trucks. And anyway, from that point I moved on. Okay. After he closed up, I moved on to Rouse where I got hired because um, I guess uh, I just, I just wanted a a job with somebody that's more corporate than an independent. And so I got hired there and I worked there in groceries again. uh, There, you're isolated to one department, okay? As a part-timer, I asked for more hours. They said, oh, sure. Why don't you work some produce? You think you can do it? And I said, oh, sure. That's really the beginning, okay? And that was during, I guess, uh, my late teens. And then from that point, uh, my dad were, was working with his cousin at a butcher shop. And he approached me and asked me if I wanted to help him open up a store. And I said, oh, sure. Okay. And then there again, I went into a part time, I mean, uh, uh, into an independent. Only this time I had to manage everything. So then I worked there for a good uh, 13 years. And finally, I said, oh, my gosh, that that that's enough of this. Besides that, I was planning to get married. And so I said, this is not fair because I was working uh, seven days a week and, and there's 12, 13 hour days. Ooh. So then at that point, I took after I got rid of the market, uh, I guess we just uh, took it easy for about six months. And then I Went to visit some friends at at store at Ross and they said, oh, Don, uh, would you like to work part time? I says, oh, oh, sure. What? And they said in the produce department. And I said, oh, absolutely. That's where it really began. And that was 35 years ago.
0: Wow. So it sounds like since that point, it's been produce all the way. Is that right?
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. <laughs>
0: There's <laughs> a lot of produce. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. So what was it about produce that ended up being like that that ideal landing spot for you once you found produce?
1: Well, there were a number of things. I mean, first of all, I guess, being that I just got married um, and then I had to think about, okay, my future at that point. And, Rouse was union. So I had all the benefits, okay? And I said, well, okay, let's see how far this will go, okay? And that's that's how it went. And then I I really enjoyed it, okay? Because it it became, at that time, it was very specialized, uh, what I was doing anyway, because I took care of what was known as the wet rack, all the fresh vegetables. You know, it wasn't like the apples and the oranges, you know, and tomatoes and potatoes. You know, this is really, you had to be really uh, pretty much on top of it all the time.
2: What was your, what's your favorite vegetable to stack?
1: (laughs) To stack? Well, I don't really like stack things, okay? It's more finesse on the wet rack, okay? Because you have to make sure that everything stays, like leaf stuff has to be crunchy right you know once soft and and so forth and so anyway uh i don't know really what my favorite <laughs> vegetable is you know i i like uh broccoli broccoli's good. Yeah. cauliflower
0: <laughs> so good. since you were the the wet, wet rack artist what what <laughs> would you say are the most difficult items on the wet rack i was i was helping a friend recently and I think it was the charred leaves that were like super delicate. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to break these if I don't put them in here just right. And the long tops of the carrots, like, oh shoot, like, where do these go? I've got to get creative with like tucking these around and like hiding them beside what's next to them. I was It gave me a whole new appreciation of the skill that goes into that.
1: Well, you know, really the key is to uh, clean it, wash it, put it in the refrigerator. Okay, and then we brought it out to the wet rack. We let it soak and refrigerate for 24 hours.
2: Interesting. And
1: it becomes crisp. Because when we get it, it isn't. It's, it comes from the farm, probably takes from the farm to us, probably takes two to three days. Yeah. And so by that time, it's a little wilty. And that's how we bring it back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good one to remember, too, is that um, uh, like when we're talking about fresh food, all fresh food is so different, too. When we're, you know, like produce is different. Every vegetable is so different in terms of how it's displayed and how it gets there and and how to make sure that um, like one of the I think that's one of the things that we talk about is how important freshness is in our, you know, in in the industry. And everyone wants um, fresh and, and on all of our farms want right. to provide freshest thing possible so i think freshness and quality is still something that's that's so important yeah
1: they farmers try to get it as quickly as possible yeah everyone's trying their best they're trying the best but it's still by the time we get it it's It's
0: tough yeah it's tough it's a tough industry right yeah yeah don your comment about the the, the crisping process reminded me, uh, like I was telling you that that friend of mine always put it. He was like, "Hey, they've been on a these things have been on a truck for three, four, five days. They need a drink when they come, <laughs> <laughs>
1: the time they come to
0: us. You know, That's a good,
1: and they need <laughs> to <laughs> cool <thirsty>. down. <laughs> yeah, they need
0: to cool down and they need a drink. That's the only <laughs> Awesome, super. Well, Emily, I will, I'll turn this to you for a second now. How do you, what are like your memories of hearing your dad talk about the produce department when you were growing up? Oh, I will say, I mean, um,
2: I, so my dad, as, as most uh, produce, uh, you know, people in produce out there know, I feel like the the normal shift is 3 a.m. to, you know, the, the 3 a.m. shift. So that's the shift that um, he always worked when I was younger and I will, I, I will say, I always remember that, um, the, the smells of, uh, of, um, coming home with fresh produce. So smelling like cucumbers or celery, celery was yes. the big,
1: celery, was the big one. celery
2: from all of the cutting and making yeah. sure, I mean, and right. I will say, um, uh, my dad's chopping skills are very, <laughs> from cutting all from cutting celery and really. Um, really doing, doing all of that. So um, the smell is something that, uh, that, is, I, I, that is really uh, important, I think, to like, when we think of freshness, it's the way that it looks, but it's also the way that it, it tastes, the way that it smells, how we all interact with it so much. Um, and I would say the biggest thing too, is um, a, just a sense of curiosity that you have about produce in general, of like wanting to try something new, wanting to try new fruits and vegetables, um, you he comes home with like, have you tried this yet? Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> have you seen this new product yet? So that curiosity of fresh food and um, wanting to incorporate that into into cooking and how we we really can all, um, you know, I think that sometimes um, eating healthy people sometimes think like, oh, I'm going to eat the same thing every day, but really <laughs> something that I think you, it's, it's everything is so different.
1: Well, especially today, uh, you've got so
2: many options, which is great.
1: Yes, I mean. Because they, I I don't know, a lot of stuff is imported. Used to be seasonal. Mm -hmm. It's no longer seasonal. It's a a season somewhere in the world. Yeah. Right. But now with transportation,
2: Mm.
1: it can uh, get here very quickly. Yeah. You know.
2: Something that I've noticed, too, that is really interesting. Also, and then uh, talk a little bit is um, uh, recently my dad started, we started to go to farmer's markets. Oh, and yeah. I think that's really interesting to watch someone yeah. in, who's spent their entire life in produce in a farmer's market of yeah. looking at other the way that other people are now stacking things. But knowing like what's in season and how and what you're looking for and how to pick it.
1: That, that's true. Yeah. Are
2: you going to show what's one secret of how you pick your watermelons?
1: Well, that one is tough. You know, when I was working there, you know, customers would always ask, how do you pick a watermelon? Most of the time, you, you, you thump it. Oh. Okay. And you want a, a hollow sound. You don't want a, a thud.
2: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: And weight. Uh, um, nice one would be heavy.
2: He- heavy and uh, and with a thumping sound.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Well, you know, and, and I would tell the customers, you know, there's no guarantee. that <laughs> You know, if you don't like it, just bring it back. No problem.
2: <laughs> well, and I think that's another thing is that produce is also so much about customers and having that relationship.
1: And it, you
2: still are, so you, you had so many close relationships with so many of your customers. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. That's one of the things I liked about uh, uh, working. You work, yeah, customers. Fortunately, I worked at, Probably at that time was the number one store within the chain
2: Wow! And,
1: and the volume and the produce department. So I did see a lot of customers and we had a pretty good relationship with a lot of them, you know, so that makes it nice too. Mm. We shared recipes. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's I, think- and I, I exposed them to different Items.
2: Yeah. And different. Yeah.
1: You know, she would say, oh, what do we have this week? (laughs) And I would say, oh, nothing or, oh, got to try this. (laughs) One thing about that, too, was uh, they encouraged us to let the customers try it. Yeah, that's great. So if it's a new apple, we say I would cut it open and let them try it and see what they thought about it. You know, so. It was good. That, that, that's one of the things I, I really sort of miss.
0: Yeah. 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 That's awesome. How did you see over the years, this, you know, so many changes in, in grocery and in produce, how did you see kind of the dynamic within the store changed or what things changed and what things stayed the same, you
1: think? Well, like I was saying, the variety, first of all, yeah, so, I mean yeah. at one time you maybe had three varieties of apples. Probably today there's at least 10. Uh, during that time when I first started, they didn't have organics. Yeah,
2: I now mean, we've got a whole organic. And
1: now it's been expanding to where it's probably taken at least of the department a third.
2: Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: People are, are, are uh, really looking for healthier foods, I think.
2: Yeah. Right? What would you say? And and um, looking back, even when you were at Corey's Market, that independent yeah. one too. I mean, yeah, one one type of apple, two type of apples. That's
1: about it, That's because it was an independent market. So that um, there's a there's a number of good things, you know. Uh, now, our uh, uh, our merchandise that wasn't uh, we would throw away, we no longer throw away.
2: Yay! We throw them in,
1: (laughs) we have compost bins. Yeah. Okay. And we throw the compost bins if we fill it up, at least at Rouse at the time, um, maybe every two days. Okay. And then that's shipped back to the warehouse. Um, Before we used to get our merchandise in boxes or crates, wooden crates. Today they come plastic they get folded up, folded oh, and flat and reused. Oh, yeah.
2: That's great. Yeah. Those and that I think is really interesting too because I think those are things that that we see our stores doing and things that customers are looking for too and that's like that's just the that's good yeah. um good for for all of us when we see things like that too.
1: Yeah, the, the the problem though. Although
2: I will say I did have a lot of fun when I was little I would play in uh, apple boxes often. That was my <laughs> I I did that was my I made forts out of apple boxes but yeah. I'm glad that we're I'm glad that we're reusing boxes now <laughs> well,
1: that was the whole thing too you know you work there and people know you're working yeah, they want the
2: apple boxes. and they that,
1: would say Don do you think you get me a couple of apple boxes everyone we're,
2: loved the apple yeah
1: box. <laughs> we're, we're moving you know <laughs> but now it's very hard to find
2: which is good. I, I think that's good. That's the showing that we're reusing and we're mm-hmm. finding different ways to decrease that waste. Yeah. As well.
1: You know, as far as like variety too, you know, since we're Emily told me about uh this podcast, um, <laughs> I thought about it and I said, you know, there's so much variety today, but the department is no larger.
2: Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs>
1: items start to shrink down. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and because they say you got to carry this, you have to carry this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so uh, it, it's a little bit tougher today.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
1: in that sense, awesome. as far as merchandising goes. Mm-hmm. But, well,
0: yeah. Cause I was going to say what, Don, how would you describe your, your merchandising style as far as like how big you want to go on the display versus how many SKUs and kind of how that balances
1: out? Well, you know, like it's so different because as time went on, Mm. okay, uh, we were able to merchandise according to store sales, our store sales, Mm. okay? But as corporate became more involved.
2: Yeah, we've got planograms now.
1: Yeah, they have certain schematics that came up. You have to follow it. They want each store to be the same, each store does not sell the same things. That's that's where it becomes a, a conundrum right there, right? <laughs> and so, anyway, uh, I, I think that's where where I think uh, they're sort of losing it a little bit in you terms know. of
2: what that the, the specializations. And yeah. this one is funny because coming on the farm side. I am so happy that we have planograms so that I know exactly where our where our packages are going to be. So this is one I will say when we go into grocery stores together, he we have the, it's fun to be able to have a conversation with like you know uh, that there are so, so many similarities, but also I know he's like, oh, I really I really would like control over being able to do it. And I'm like, I'm so happy that we've got planograms. No,
1: you're, <laughs> you're right. Because stores we say for example, like aeroforms. OK, they we might sure say, we... <laughs> we might say, well, you know, I don't have the room for it. I only have so much room for packet solids. But at corporate level, they're saying, no, you have to have it in there.
2: Yeah. Right. What what can store like uh, uh, what can farms like Arrow Farms do when we come and talk to you? Because I one of the things I'm sure for everyone else or, you know, uh, of in our world, we're talking to you guys quite often. What right. can we do so that I'm not bugging you?
1: You have to go to corporate oh. and you have to say, you know, we have to get this in here. We have to make sure that your stores carry it. We'd like to have it in your schematic, you know,
2: and make sure it's in
1: and make sure and we will follow through. We will go to the stores and make sure that not only our product is in its proper spot, but these other and they would like that because they don't have to go to the store and follow up they're figuring you're following up for them.
0: Oh, okay. That is a great tip. Take some of the, uh, take some of the (laughs) compliance (laughs) off of their plate, right? That's that's a good one. That is a good
1: one. Every once in a while she says that that's a good one.
0: That's That's awesome. So on that point, you said, Don, like to, to really get into, you know, a bunch of stores at once on a large scale, like, you do have to go that corporate route. But for you, we are talking about like that customer service and the relationships that you developed with your customers. What, because I'm sure that, you know, over the years you had items that you found, like people would ask for recommendations and they're like, yep, that one's delicious. This is a great brand. We always get awesome stuff from them. How did you kind of develop your favorites personally as a produce manager, which then, you know, you would talk with people about and kind of have that That word of mouth, you know, marketing um, about different items. Oh,
2: this is a good. Actually, this is. I I want
0: to hear this one. Yeah, this is a good
2: one. Well,
1: well, believe it or not, you know, um, I ask customers. Oh. Too, I says, do you you really like this? one? let's try this one, and see what you think. Okay. Um, Also, movement where we can we we see our movement of products you have an idea because this particular item's moving quicker than the one next door. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, um, as, as, as far as that goes, uh, customers, they'll try it. They're, they're pretty good. You know? <laughs> they really are, you know, and they're willing to, well, if they have confidence in you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, being in the store for that long, then that's one store. Okay, generally, uh, working for a chain where you have 230 stores, you're going to get transferred. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, that happened at the beginning before I became more established. And then after that, so I was in this particular store for 30 30 years. And so I got to know our customers pretty well
2: interesting that's it that's a good point though that it's like that that first time you might be willing to try it but as as a farm for me what i'm doing is like how can we help to make sure that you want to get that again it's that second time and that yeah. third time right the,
1: yeah and then that's one of the things why you know you say we come out with this and, and why not try this what do you think about this you know um i think i think i that's how i get feedback also from know? the customers yeah
2: interesting yeah.
0: That makes sense. Kind of a constant survey situation where you're finding out where people are at too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. So Emily, I'm curious, did you ever think that you would wind up anywhere near the, the <laughs> produce industry or the world that your dad worked in? <laughs> you know, no, I will say. Um,
2: it's so funny because I I came to produce by way of um sustainability and uh and so uh coming into to produce um I, I really uh my uh, I, I really came through it through um, hearing about Arrow Farms because of the great sustainability work being done and really advancing forward with the sustainability efforts and um, really kind of revolutionizing the way that we think about um, uh, the resources that we put in to grow crops and um, how, you know, the, the decreased water use and especially with, you um, uh, right now we've got a lot of droughts in in California and we've got so many things going on and, and how can we kind of restructure um the way that we the way that we're building the food system. So that was the original way that I, I kind of came into Aero Farms. But I will say having come into uh Aero Farms and now being in um in produce uh it's it's been really fun. Um, it's fun to to see the the overlap between sustainability and food. Um, and I think also when we talk about some sometimes talking about impact and sustainability. uh, can be, um, daunting with how, with everything that's going on right now, it can be really daunting, but to be able to talk about it with something that tastes good and everyone, in, you know, at, at the end of the day in produce, we all get to work with products that taste really good, that it's so nice to be able to, you know, sit around a table and, and, um, share a salad or have dinner and to talk about something. So, uh, it's been really fun and yeah, definitely, uh, in terms of staying in the family, it's fun. And he definitely gives us feedback on all of our products. He's, he's, um, he's good uh, in terms of being able to give feedback and, and also feedback on, on how we, how we, uh, how we're, how we're building uh, in terms of what he would say from a a produce uh, perspective there.
0: That's awesome. Well, and I was curious too, Emily, how how you know your your dad being on the retail side of the business for so many years how does that inform how you approach things on the supply side so like, <laughs> that's a really unique you know insight to be able to kind of ask those questions and, and run that by somebody all the time
2: yeah i mean i will say the biggest one i um, i loved so uh, this um this past fall we um, expanded to to stop and shops which was really exciting for us at Arrow farms where, um you know a, a farm an indoor vertical farm and we're based off uh, in the east coast and we all really excited when we got to enter the the stop and shop market and so i did a few store visits and it's always fun to be able to visit produce managers because it reminds me i remember visiting you know my dad at the store um when i when i was younger and i will say it also i definitely i try to keep all conversations very brief because i'm like i know that this person has so many other things to do right now so i never i never want to be a burden in terms of that and i also try not to one of my dad's biggest, uh, biggest pet peeves, I will say that I try to avoid is going in at the rush hour. So I'm like, I try to get there early or call early or call a little bit later, but not, not bothering the, during the rush hour. So those are the ones that I try to do um, just to make sure. I mean, I know that uh, you know, the produce team's jobs are, are tough. You're managing so many things. You've got customers asking, people are calling you on the line. And, and so trying to make sure like how can I add value and hopefully take stuff off of their plate and not, add more stuff onto the plate. That's, that's not the goal. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause every time I, I talk with folks who have been in that produce manager role, I have to tell them that I'm just, I'm amazed at the variety of, of skill sets that go into that. Right. Cause you have the, like the planning procurement side of it, right. Where you're doing the ordering, you're doing the planning for the department. You have the, the physical skill of merchandising, particularly on on a, in an area like the wet rock, of course, you have the people management of your team as you're running the department. And then you have the customer service where you're interacting with folks while you're trying to get your job done out there on the floor as well. It's such a, I feel like it's such a wide and like diverse set of skills that goes into this job.
1: Yeah. You know, you have to juggle a lot of things around, you know, but like I said, as as, as time went on and, and so forth, when I Finally left, I guess a year before I left, they even plan your scheduling.
2: Yeah. You know, to be able to.
1: They, they, they figured, okay, this is your prime time. So we're going to have this many employees yeah. in your department. You know, uh, you go in the morning, you don't need more than one person to start with, you know, and the next person comes in two hours later. That alleviates some some problems
2: oh everyone for the
1: manager yeah to
2: be able to to start planning that and knowing when that process is Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's interesting
0: and Don, when when you were still in stores um did you see because i i feel like in recent years i've heard from pretty much everybody i talked to on the retail side that it's it's pretty hard to to find great people to work in the stores and then keep them around Longer term, was that something that you guys were seeing at that point, or, or you know, what's kind of your view on that?
2: Well, with turnover, with um, keeping keeping your a
1: team. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, the thing is, you know, uh, Rouse is unionized. Yeah. And so, you know, there is a thirty day period, okay, and you have to see how they work. The problem is, is training. You really don't have. They don't allot hours for training.
2: Um, it's a tough job to be able to. Train yeah, and, and train. so it's
1: it's it's difficult to try to train somebody when you have all this work that you have to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and so um, it's
2: the nature it, of it.
1: Yeah, so it becomes the individual.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, if if they feel that they enjoy what they're doing, they're going to stay. Mm-hmm. If you work with them, you know, and so forth, and, and as well as you can, because they just don't have the, the proper training so you're going to have to train them and hope that they they have a good attitude th- towards things and maybe they they would stay
2: and i mean you you entered you said it in your teens, so it's like yeah it's a it's a market where everyone is learning to train at some point i mean you were what when you first Whenever
1: when i first started it was different it's
2: because, a different yeah, yeah it's a different so world it's a
1: different world because ours.
2: are different yeah, yeah. i i was also going to say i mean i will say a big part of um what what of you know employer retention and things like that are the programs that are offered i i, I always every, every time we we joke i went to college from a, a kroger scholarship um and uh and that's how i was able to go to college so when we talk like you know the benefits that team members get yeah. um yeah, though, though it was huge for us that was how i went to, you know i was able to go to college from it yeah and it was and we always joke thank you kroger because in, in all seriousness but those type of employee benefits i mean we, yeah,
1: yeah, it, yeah. it helped that's, our
2: family yeah. and that was a huge reason to stay. So I think that when, you know, when, when stores and retailers are looking at that, treating employees the right way, you know, offering those kind of incentives, um, it helps. And, and then you never know, someone might end up in produce 30 years later. <laughs> that's right.
0: Full circle.
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's
0: great. That is so neat. Don, what's it been like with you having been in produce on the retail side all this year, all these years to have your daughter end up in in the business, just on a different part of it?
1: I couldn't believe it. (laughs) And and I couldn't believe what they developed. That was to me, that's really incredible. I mean, as far as I know, you know, it's farming. My dad farmed for, oh, I guess, four or five years during the war and he had a farm. Uh, which so, which war? No, during uh, in the forties. In the 50s. Okay, and so he used to grow tomatoes and sold them to hunts. Uh, and anyway, so all I know, farming was done outdoors. <laughs> when I found this out, I couldn't believe it, you know. And then, and then she she'd bring it home and I'd see this little tiny green, <laughs> only this big, you know. I'm used to seeing everything, so fluffy and you know large leaves and stems and and I guess the amount of nutrition is a lot different.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. It and it is interesting too, because it's a good um it's good to balance like when we're talking about indoor farming and I feel like indoor farming is you know, we, we see it becoming an industry, you know, becoming, um, you know, kind of a section of the industry too, but, um, you know, how do we get those benefits across and how do we talk about that? And how do we talk about like no pesticides and, and those kinds of things. And so I will say um, it's good to run ideas path. Like, what do you think a customer would have thought of this? Or how, how would you have Describe the the, the microgreens. So we grow different types of um, baby greens, like our baby arugula behind us, um, but also microgreens, which are the ones that I, I did say I, I brought them back to my dad. And yeah. The one that I I tested him on is so I sometimes I'll bring them back <laughs> and I'll test him. So the one that I tested was um, the micro wasabi. Wasabi, yeah. And so that was the one that I was like, what do you think of this one? I was hoping that he was going to say, but he he can handle a lot of heat. I was hoping yeah. that he was going to say like, oh, it's too spicy for me. But yeah. he was like, I've got it.
1: Yeah, but mom <laughs> did. Yeah. Mom <laughs> thought it was spicy. <laughs> it's funny. I still ask questions. The other day, I just asked Emily, I says, you know, when you grow this, okay, you know, they need to get fertilized, right? And I said, how do you do that how do they get nutrition you don't. you just don't work with water they don't oh they need more than water right
2: (laughs) so the answer is so and so we've talked so Aero farms is the arrow is from aeroponics so it's a form of hydroponics that's even less water use than hydro than than hydroponics and so yeah he so he like asked me this question he's like but where do the nutrients come from so we were talking about how um, yeah. when it's grown on, on, uh, in the stacks underneath the cloth medium, it's grown, it's misted with water and then the and then that's yeah. how it's delivered there. Um, but it's really interesting to see, uh, you know, to kind of see it through different, different people's eyes and see, and see that. And I love it. And yeah, and so he'll come back yeah. with a question of like, how does that happen? Or like, <laughs> how did the microgreens have, how long does the microgreen <laughs> take? So it's
0: great. That's awesome. And speaking of of kind of that education around specific items, Don, how have you seen it change over the years? Was that something that, you know, when you were coming up in the industry, you were taught by by your supervisors, or did you learn it from like talking to suppliers like in Aero Farms or or a dole or your schools or places like that? How did you learn about like the specifics of different items? Oh, that's good.
1: Well actually the supervisors didn't help much. Oh, <laughs> to be honest with you you know it's. i mean i mean we tried them on the
2: podcast <laughs>
1: we, we tried everything you oh know? tasting so like yeah. by
2: tasting it
1: yeah we had to try it to find out and that's our opinion okay and of course you know when you have other other employees too they want to try it also and so of course you know um that's what we did. And that's how we learn how everything tastes. I mean, there, there was constantly new items we've never tasted before.
2: Mm.
1: And so uh, if I see a person that I, I didn't care for the product, but if I see a person pick it up, I'll ask them how to use it Oh, because I have no clue, yeah. you know? Yeah.
2: So besides, I know that you, you, you were probably going to say that Aero Farms is your is your favorite farm, <laughs> but beside, besides Aero Farms, is there um, a new product in the last few years that you feel like, besides microgreens, um, that you feel like, it, you know, is really changing um, produce in the way that you, that if you've seen a new product? I, new- I know you've liked the cotton, or no, the, was it the cotton candy grapes? Oh, one yeah. The, um... But- Oh, well, seedless, I mean, seedless watermelon, what else?
1: Uh, well, uh, you know, they, they introduce so many items. Um, it, it, it's so hard to say, uh, you know, but, you know, there, there are products that I, I wasn't aware, i known about them. I've never seen them, like turmeric. Okay, I've always seen turmeric in a bottle.
2: Oh, and not the...
1: Not the fresh. Okay, and and there's a lot of items like that.
2: Where you see that it the now, first
1: time. yeah, that now it's available uh, in
2: mainstream grocery stores. Yeah, rather
1: than rather than dry and processed. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can you can buy it like that. It's just like mushrooms today. I didn't realize there's so oh, many, many yeah. varieties of mushrooms. Yeah, we're
2: really increasing.
1: Yeah, and there there must be. Oh, I I don't even know how many. Yeah,
2: it's many. Yeah. But to your point, interesting, same amount of shelf space. It's got to compete. That,
1: that, that's what happens. Because now, uh, like, you have packaged mushrooms. Okay, we're used to have maybe four facings. Now it's down to two. And you have these other varieties. You have to have them. So what happens? You go to the store, and there's, they're not there anymore because they're sold out. And they haven't replenished them Yeah, And then that's the problem. That, I think that's a big problem as far as the retail. Oh, it's making it.
0: sure that things are on shelf.
1: Yeah, they keep it stocked, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: and to your point, when you're told, well, you need to have these SKUs and yet you're selling quadruple the amount of this SKU right. that you are of that SKU, but you have the same space, right?
1: Right, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah.
0: Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. so I, I think that, with, that hurts sales in, in the department. And I've always felt that, you know, I, I, it was nice to have the variety, but we don't have the space anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just like package solids, right? There, There's so much choices today, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they're always being added. But then you also see some being illuminated because they only have so much space. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's tough. It's it's tough market today. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and I was that that made me think of since you've been on both the the independent supermarket side and the corporate side, it seems like maybe that's an opportunity for the independents to kind of differentiate themselves because they they are not necessarily confined with a planogram, right? They maybe have a little more leeway for to make those kinds of decisions. It sounds like.
1: Yeah, that's like Whole Foods has become pretty very, very large. now. Yeah. Okay, And because they specialize where we don't carry a lot of their products okay uh i don't know if there's bristol farms where you're at but there, there's a number of specialty stores now
2: but even small like even more independent chains where like when you were at quarry's and you could pick your own and you right and you could also right. yeah do that as sure well.
1: sure yeah and and it's just a, uh, it's just different it's a different yeah. world yeah. yeah it's just different
0: I'm sure it's quite the uh I'm sure it's quite the balancing act for the corporate folks that they do. Cause there are a few kind of mid-size change. So so I'm in the Midwest. So I know there are a few mid-size ones, say maybe 200 stores, yeah. where they'll give the produce manager of each store a little more flexibility, right? And kind of how they merchandise. Right. Um, and the one of their directors I remember saying once like, we, we figure that, you know, the person there in the store, in the community has a better idea of what's going to sell well for that particular store than I do sitting in the corporate office, you know, 200 miles away exactly. or whatever. But I know that's an increasingly uncommon mindset, I think. <laughs> and it's yeah, and it's tough. I, I'm sure, you know, just
2: as as we talked about the produce world is getting uh, tough still, you know, how do we how everyone is kind of coming together around like, how do we, we've got more, more stuff coming in. We've also got more demand, I think or changing demand on some aspects of that. Also, you know, I think we're all, especially right now with, um, uh, with the inflation going on right now, how do we still keep those costs for, for people and how do we make sure that that's staying this? I mean, there's so many different Mm -hmm. pieces that are coming together. And I think that's one that's really interesting about produce is that because it is, Inherently fresh food, there are so even what you were talking about with the composting and waste and how do we there's so many different avenues and ultimately you're working with a, you know, a fresh perishable product um, that we ultimately want to get into people's hands <laughs> that's <laughs> fresh and, you know, and with the highest quality. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah,
2: it's tough. Um, but I would say, uh, you know, I think that we'll see, you know, the, the things that continue to hold true, in my opinion, but see if you agree over the course of your career. And, um, you know, in, a, in the last few years when I've been in produce is like things that stay the same, people are looking for fresh quality food. They want, you know, they're looking for the making sure like, if you get a packaged salad, are you looking for that leaf? That's a, you know, that's a little different, but people in here, you know, everyone wants fresh quality, flavorful food.
1: I think, I think too, you know, people now, uh, Want to try different types of foods? I think they they are more open to trying different things yeah. because you know they they have these food programs on TV. Oh. People want to try it, they want to cook yeah
2: everyone wants
1: okay to and so um you know you know i I was thinking when Kroger's bought uh, uh out. And they had a certain way they wanted to run it, which is fine, you know. But California or the West Coast is different. so different, just like yeah. the Midwest. And, and it's hard, like you said, you know, to force your markets to carry this and and uh, keep the same schematics and so forth. And, you know, it might work where Kroger's is in Cincinnati might not work in the west coast
2: it's getting more tailored it's it's how do we how do we make sure that what is still being presented to a customer is tailored for what a customer is looking for in that area Mm -hmm. and making sure that that's that's what it is yeah i I agree Mm
0: -hmm. well and i wonder too kind of if there's a way for suppliers to sort of help and join that conversation because even like Emily, you've mentioned some of the things that you guys have in the assortment for for aero farms, like there may be some of those items that like the folks in California are crazy about. And there may be some items that the folks in Kansas are crazy about. Right. So like, yeah. how yeah. do you even kind of work with folks to show them, you know, maybe it's maybe it's like overall sales data on, hey, you know, if if you only have room for four SKUs, these are the ones that we see performing best in your region versus in this region or or things like that, you know? Absolutely. I think that's so that's so crucial because ultimately what's best for the the farm and
2: for the retailer is to sell or, you know, is to have that sales velocity. So ultimately it is the same. It is the same goal. And I think that to your I, I completely agree is making sure that what's being Um, When we talk about new product development and um, really innovating with flavors and ideas is also doing that with the customer with customers, actually kind of similar to what you said about asking the customers for feedback, but it is um, going through that iterative process. And we're um, one of the things that I, I think is really cool about indoor farming and about aero farms is because. It's grown indoors. We have, you know, complete control over the optimization and the flavors, and making sure that it's like exactly tweaked to the that specific recipe and algorithm for the flavor. So making sure that you know, if it's um, like we we joke that the arugula that's above me is, you know, the exact perfect peppery. And we've had people that will come up and say, you know, I haven't tasted this peppery of an arugula since I was on my grandma's farm. So being able to kind of bring. The flavors that someone is looking for onto the shelf and that's different for shelves in different areas right. um, and yeah the, the micro wasabi you know is uh, is a very specific um green and uh, and excited to see like what people are, are doing with that so it is interesting because ashley to your point like at arrow farms we've grown over 550 different varieties of um, you know, of uh, uh, foods in general. And um, so when we talk about them, like which ones are then brought to the shelf and, and how to make sure that it's really resonating with the customer is, mm-hmm. is an interesting process and one that um, is a fun one. I mean, uh, again, you can't complain with uh, being able to, to sample and eat, <laughs> eat, eat uh, you know, fresh, flavorful food.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, and I thought, of, I thought of one more thing, as you were mentioning the inflation, which is pretty historic from what I understand right now and thinking about how we've just come through the pandemic. Don, I was curious over all over all your years in the industry was was there anything similar in terms of just time frames you know of what was going on in, in the country that that had big huge impacts on grocery retail?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was pretty stable overall you know i don't think people really cut back much on food mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. i think uh, I that that that's one thing i think a family you know mm-hmm. if they're going to cut back they might cut back on other things purchasing shoes or clothes or whatever but i think food has stayed fairly consistent um I I, mm-hmm. I mean that that's my opinion on that because I don't think I've seen a big fluctuation at all.
2: Interesting. Do you, it's inter- Do you feel like in the last I don't know decade or so that as we've seen, I would say healthy healthy foods, or there's been more of a spotlight on fresh foods that you've seen more people within your produce aisles.
1: Oh, that's for sure. I mean, I mean they've experimented, um, for example. You know, uh, they try getting pre-packaged greens, pre-packaged, and you still see it. They have pre-packaged carrots, right? And they have loose carrots, and they have bunched carrots. Uh, the reason for that is because people are so particular. You get everyone's
2: got their own, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> every- But yet you have to carry all three.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: Right, and and so everyone's they try their
2: favorite things. They
1: tried that with with fresh uh, um, greens too, yep. uh, romaine lettuce and so forth. The only one that's packaged now that is basically head lettuce, green, green lettuce.
2: I mean, are you talking about the cellophane? around?
1: Cellophane, yep. right. So because they figured, well, labor-wise, right? You don't have to uh, wash it, clean it. They figure they did it already. And that's what these packaged salads did.
2: Yeah, well, and I think too uh, one thing that's you know un- that's changed in the last few years is um, which is is you know a, a look on, on food safety when we talk about um, lettuce and and food safety and and what that means as well. And I think that's something that we'll see you know even more we'll hear more of in the in the future too. Yeah, yeah.
1: People rather select. I mean, you yeah. know, they they have uh, like tomatoes for example. I was telling Emily the other day. I said, you know, uh, which I think you go to like Trader Joe's and, or something, they, they have three or four tomatoes in a package, but you only want one, maybe two, okay? And so um, you might not go there for vegetables, you might go to another store where you could select your own, your own avocado, your own bananas, your own uh, uh, tomatoes, you know, your own apples, you know? Um, that, I think today, uh, people are more particular in that. So want what they, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, absolutely. I know, um, that's something really interesting as we look at like consumer research on how people split up their shopping trips. Right. Mm-hmm. I know, um, for my husband, he, he has specific places where we can go for the meat and specific <laughs> places. He does not want us to go for the meat. He's a little more flexible on produce, but meat <laughs> is super picky. Yeah. And I know all the produce people are very picky about their produce.
2: Yeah. <laughs> How many, well, even now you've been, you know, retired for what, a year or two. How many stores do you go to in one month? How many different stores? How many grocery stores? Uh,
1: At least four.
2: To get, to go to get all of your
1: different, yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It is interesting. you you (laughs) You Gotta find the best stuff. Each one has a different best thing, right?
1: (laughs) Well, Well, and then what they carry. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, and and then when mom goes shopping, you know, I have to tell her, "You go to this store and get this, or <laughs> you go to that store to get that." drives her crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Emily, it has been such a treat to talk to you and your dad today. I'm so glad that we we had this come all the way from chatting about how this would be fun to brainstorm to actually making it happen and. Such a pleasure to to get to spend this time with you and and your dad, Don, as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it, Ashley. Awesome. And thank you all uh, who have been listening to this conversation as well. We appreciate your support. Feel free to check out uh, our recent episodes. We've got um, a couple of great conversations recently as well, including with Mark Kruczynski over at Garrity's, Kevin Byers with PCC Community Markets. And Mike Roberts with Harps as well. So, thank you again, as always, for listening, and we will see you next week on the Furnished Retail Podcast.